Hey guys, I'm Jackie Brubaker, host and author of That Girl, the Podcast, where each week we talk about the coming of age at any age. That Girl, the Podcast is based on That Girl, the Novel, which is on Amazon to download, listen to, or buy the paperback of. You can also follow us on Instagram at That Girl, the Podcast and our Patreon page. So we're going to talk about chapter three. LA native. Um, you and I both grew up here. We both had parents in the industry. We both grew up with that around us and it is very normal. Um, your father is the very famous movie critic, Leonard Malt. Yep. I said it right. Malton. I did. I did it right. (laughs) I always mess up your name. Actually, not your face. I haven't. I was going to say, no, you've never said it wrong in front of me. I know. Thankfully, but in my head, I think I just spell it wrong every time, but um, very famous. I watched him growing up too. And I was like, oh my goodness. And he's the nicest guy too. Just the sweetest man. He's like a teddy bear every- of a human. He's he so like, I always tell him he gives off dad vibes in the most extreme. Like he's just the loveliest he man. He's the he really does. sweetest man. I feel like he would just help anybody who mm-hmm. came up to him and was like, could you help me with, I don't know, I'm lost. He's like, oh, sure, hold on. Let me just Google that for you. <laughs> He's so You're sweet. Adorable. You think he knows how to Google. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. In, in theory, yes, yes. He would do anything for anyone. He's very sweet. Oh, he's so cute. Um, so I'll just start with the prompts and then I'm sure we'll just get into it because there's so much. Um, you are a musician. Since you're a musician, um, talk about your songwriting blocks that you've had and if you've ever felt channeled to write a great song. You know, the, the thing is, there are certain people that bring something out of you. And I, I find that I'm never better than when I'm with them. And so I have two friends in particular, uh, Theo Olivares, um, who's one of my dearest friends. I've known him forever. He and I are really good at writing songs together. Mm. And he is, he's great for the musical aspect of it. Uh, he can play every instrument and he just hears things in a really, in a special way. And then I can write lyrics to it. And then I'm really good with, with melodies and harmonies and things like that. And then my friend, Danny, Danielle Hope, she is, she was on the West end. She's been performing for 10 years. She's amazing. She's the other person that when I'm with her, we just can't stop singing. No. We just we bring music out of each other. And so that is the other, like, that's the other time when I feel most creative. Um, mm. And I, I'm always, when I'm by myself, I'm always singing, but I find mm. that it, in terms of writing, that usually comes from being with other people more than anything else. Interesting. So have you um, had a song come really quickly to you that you felt was channeled from something else or you were just so inspired and it just didn't, it almost didn't feel like you or like you got a song idea that came out of nowhere that was like, Ooh, wait, I need to write this down right now. You know, I, I listen to so much music and have always listened to so much music that I, and also because my, the two things I studied most were jazz voice and then musical theater. I was always singing other people's stuff. And so my go-to if I'm just sitting is to sort of sing one of those songs. Yeah. Um, And that's what comes to me most easily. But as I say, when I'm with Theo, that's when we can write stuff. We, we have had days where we'll write eight songs in a row. 
Um, and it just comes out as soon as I'm with him, some part of my creativity just goes bing and we can write like crazy. Uh, I love that. I have a writing partner like that. We've written for 20 years, basically, because I've known him since I was 17 and we do, we just write the best songs together. I mean, not every single time, but most times we can really come up with something great and he's the music and I'm the melody and lyrics. Yep. Yeah. Okay. When in your life did you feel like you were at a crossroads either with your career or within a relationship or both? Oh, well, the hardest thing for me has definitely been that my health will decide to just leave. And so I'll be doing something I really love and then I just can't anymore. Um, I was at AMDA, the American Musical and Dramatic Academy, and I was there for four months. And through that four months, because it is really vigorous, uh, my body just went to hell. And by the end, by December, I could barely walk and stand. And at the end of it, I ended up having to get into the hospital and I had to leave the school. And that was heartbreaking. And the next year, I spent almost the entire next year in bed. Um, because my body was just a mess. And so I sort of had this crazy, can I be a performer? How could I be a performer when my body is so unreliable? How could I put anybody else in a position to count on me when I'm so physically unreliable? And that was really hard because it was sort of like, but this is the only thing I've ever loved and wanted to do forever. Mm -hmm. This is it, music and performing. That's what I'm happiest doing. And, and generally not performing as myself, um, being a character. Yeah. And I love making people laugh. Uh, you know, I really enjoy that. And such so, great comedic timing too. Just naturally, just naturally in your, yeah. You should hear me in hospitals. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I, I know, I love, because again, I love making people laugh and it's always funniest because in hospital settings, it's all so ridiculous. So it's the sort of thing where like, you'll be naked in front of six people because they're about to operate. And they're all trying to like, and they're all being respectful. But in my mind, it's like, no one's going to comment. Like, I'm just laying here naked. And we're all just going to pretend like this is a regular Friday. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So yeah, I like, I like to laugh. But, uh, but yeah, several years there, I suddenly went, well, this is all I've ever wanted to do and all I've ever talked about doing. Now what? Right. And it was a really hard time uh, for several years in my 20s trying to figure out if I can't do the only thing I'm good at and the only Mm. thing I love doing, the only thing that ever came easily to me. Uh, You know, I'm dyslexic. And again, all the health stuff, it's like, but music is the one thing I can learn really fast. I can hear it once and know it. Um, You know, it was it was really, really difficult. And then as years have gone on, uh, I've sort of found the second part of my calling, which as I say is helping people uh, who are dealing with health issues or just issues in general, just somebody who, mm-hmm. anybody who needs someone they can sort of talk to and know that they're not going to be judged in any way. And then I'll just try to help. Uh, that's been great. And then the music stuff, unfortunately had to sort of go to the side because again, mm-hmm. because of the issues I have and the muscle disease that I have, my voice goes really easily. So if I sing too much, I lose my voice. So I'm like Ariel. And so I just have my voice a bit. So, uh, so yeah, you know, and then as I say, you have to just figure out what makes you feel useful. 
so yeah. that you feel like you're spending your time well. And it's not that you can't still sing. It's just on that level is, is not. When you're a kid and you dream of Broadway and you dream mm-hmm. of playing in jazz clubs around the world, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stuff like that, it's very hard uh, yeah. to then sort of go, well, now what? <laughs> you know? Yes, I do know. I mean, not because of health, but, um, you know, life. life. Like, I, I've talked to you about this, but also just for the audience, like, um, I had a really terrible Me Too experience in high school, and it completely changed the trajectory of my life. And I was the same. You and I are so similar, both musical theater, both jazz singers. <clears throat> I had trained my whole life to do Broadway, and that's where I was headed. And then this happened, and it was so <clears throat> debilitating that I tried so hard to get over it, but I couldn't. I just couldn't. You said you're a human being. Right. <laughs> you know, we're not robots. Yeah. Right. Well, that's definitely something I struggle with, I think, is that I'm like, oh, no, 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 I can do it. I can do it. And like, either my body says no, or like my heart says no. And it's like, we can't make up for that lag time that your brain might say, like, yes, yes, yes. That the heart or the body is like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> not today. Not today. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I do understand. And it's only until recently that I've Um, You know, last year I put out an article and I explained what happened in the words I wanted to use. And it's been kind of this reawakening of, or awakening of just kind of getting back to to singing what I love and what I wanted to do. And it's it's strange too to think like, well, there is no Broadway now. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And um, now what is not only were all of those people just like completely laid off and are like, what the hell do we do now? Yeah. But, you know, for anyone who wanted to do it, even in a different kind of way, like we have, you know, virtual or interactive um, shows starting, like, you know, like tiny little shows. And I think that's so brilliant. Like, yes, theater is staying alive in like different new ways. So I do wonder, like, maybe for you, like that might actually be an option of doing something it's more like interactive at home or virtual or something like that. And also for me, cause I don't live in New York and there's mm-hmm. very little theater out here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's nothing to do. So, but I, I do understand it just, it's, it's heartbreaking and yeah, it takes, it took me years to finally accept that, Oh, it wasn't my choice to leave musical theater. It was because I literally really couldn't do it. Like there was just no way. For me to do it just in a different way like you and like you have to figure out like well, what else do I want to do and make a crossroads you know go at a crossroads yeah yeah um have it's crazy have you ever had that with a relationship where you're at a crossroads and you're like ah I don't know I want to stay or I want to go or you, yeah. you make a decision. I, think, I think we all have I I was dating someone and my so my I, so I have, I have a female best friend and then I have a male best friend who I call boyfriend. Um, I'm girlfriend, he's boyfriend. Um, and I have to say that because otherwise we, we will just go into stories about each other and go, so boyfriend said, um, so boyfriend is one of those people where he's just like, he's going to make it happen. Whatever it is, he's going to make it happen. But he's also someone who talks about something that I really appreciate, which is perfect on paper. Hmm. And I was dating someone who, for me, was perfect on paper. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he was Jewish and he did, you know, he worked in this industry and he was really smart and all these different things. But the reality was we just couldn't, he wasn't in a place to make commitments and, yeah. but then he was, but then he wasn't. And I sort of realized I can't do that. Yeah. Um, my husband and I, I've been married almost five years, which is crazy. Yay. Uh, we've been friends for 13 years. Uh, that was a whole thing. And we've been together for six. That was a whole thing because my husband is from Manchester, England. So talk about crossroads. It was sort of going, well, are we, what are we doing? Because, uh, commuting across the pond was difficult. Mind you, I actually want to live in England, but he likes it better here. Of course. Um, so I could kill him. So I could, no, no, no. The whole idea was we could go to England. We're not supposed to stay here. Uh, but, uh, uh, that was another one where we sort of had to say, okay, what do we want to do? And we figured out quite quickly that it's much easier to come here than it is for me to go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the UK is, impo- it is almost impossible to get marital visas. It's a nightmare. And it was much yeah. easier to come here. So he did. And, uh, wow. it was a big one. <laughs> it's a big one. Yeah. That now, is a big one. He's green carded for 10 years. So we'll see what happens next. Well, you never know. Things could change, but you guys are so sweet. And he's such a love bug with you. I, I just, I, he was so cute when I saw you guys together. I was like, aw. He's, it's very funny. He's very, the <laughs> person he's, he's, I'm the only one he's like that with. He's very As much English. <laughs> no, 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 no. In the sense, like, and he's very much English in that he's not very expressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and we tease him, you know, it's, it's, how are you, honey? Good. <laughs> like, that's it. And you go, okay, cool. But with me, he's obviously friends too. He's very chatty yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Right. But yeah, in terms of being sort of like vocal and saying, I love you and being affectionate, it's me and nobody else. Oh my gosh. Okay. Next question. <laughs> this gets into nepotism. Um, if you have a parent who's in entertainment, talk about how you felt about that and if it helped you to get to where you are now, which is uh, all yeses. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so what I was in love with growing up, music, my family obviously had nothing to do with any of that, um, except that they are also, my dad is a jazz nut. I should say that. My dad's a jazz oh. nut and that's why I love jazz. Oh, and cool. he worked with the LA Jazz Society, still does. Um, and so I got to spend time with some pretty brilliant musicians and not socially, but I mean like seeing them and, uh, and my dad still, his favorite thing to do when life exists is to go uh, to jazz clubs and hear people perform and, uh, so that's go together when that happens again. I would love all of us to go. That would be so fun. He is, um, he really, he, he knows so much. It's, it's pretty incredible because he grew up in New York. He saw Mm. everyone. I, and I mean everyone. Wow. So, uh, so yes, that's sort of, and my mom is the musical theater one. So the connection for us is that that's how I listen to all the musicals in the cars. My mom and I would be blasting them every single day. Right. So my love of music comes from them, but what they did had nothing to do with me doing music in the sense that it couldn't further me in some way. Right. Um, and then when I got really sick, and, and I've always worked with my family. I've always written with my dad. I've always edited with him. I dress him. <laughs> I, I buy all his clothes. I dress him. I, uh, he's my baby. Uh, when I got sick and things started to change, I'd always worked with my dad. I'd always been with him on set, uh, just kind of 
mainly as cheerleader, but also just taking care of him. As I say, hair, makeup, wardrobe, whatever it is he needed. And I grew up at Entertainment Tonight, which is on the Paramount lot, which was so cool. You know, it was a really thrilling place to be. It's Mm -hmm. a beautiful, as as the different lots go, it's one of the most beautiful um, and historic. And I was going to say, and most haunted too. (laughs) Very haunted. (laughs) I never had that issue as a kid. I didn't have any problems with that as a kid. But but it was an amazing place. Um, So all of those things, when I did get sick and realized I couldn't perform, what I was able to do was sort of double down on the work I was doing with my dad. Um, And so it gave me purpose. You know, it gave me an excuse to get up and it made me get out of bed when I needed to. When, even when I felt like crap, it was like, well, but he needs me on set today. So I'm just going to do it. And as I say, and sort of as that's grown and now we co-host this podcast together and we go to film festivals all over the place. Obviously the only reason I'm doing that stuff is because of my dad. You know, it's not like it's something that I achieved on my own in any way, but the way that I always sort of, and to my friends who are in a similar boat uh, where people will talk about nepotism, I'm the first one to make the joke. I'm the first one always to make that joke. Um, but I feel that, that like with anything, somebody can get you in the door, but then you have to keep yourself there. Absolutely. So, you know, I mean, it's amazing the opportunities that I have, and I only have them because of my dad, 100%. But then the next step is proving yourself. So, you know, yes, it's lovely that I get to do what I get to do, but it's also nice to know that I can serve a purpose on my own. Absolutely. I think that is a very, very true statement that you can get that you know, foot in the door, but you really do have to show that you are worth being there because nobody's giving you second chances in entertainment. No one's like, just try it again. You'll be okay. Like not at all. It's like, that was your last day. Thanks for being here. Bye. And like, they don't care. So, but I think that you're just, you're such a, um, just such a well put together woman and you have such a great sort of like you're very logical, but you are a really, really good, um, what's the word? I, I don't want to say taskmaster because it's not that, but you're very good at like managing, you know, just managing not only yourself and your health, but also managing your father. Clearly, um, you're doing a great job with his podcast and his whole everything. <laughs> it Again, I mean, part of it is that, and this is true, you know, because it's my dad, I'm going to work a million times harder than if, if it were for anybody else. Right. You know, there is no off. It's the good and the bad of working with family is that there is no downtime. You know, yes, it's all the that's time. True. But, that's but true. I feel really lucky and I love getting to share him with people. I love that through what we do, people get to see his personality so much more. Yeah. Um, we get to see how funny he is and how silly he is. Um, and people really enjoy the family dynamic. You know, with all the craziness that goes on, they really like seeing a family that is a family. And we really are, you know, we're very much father, daughter. And my mom, of course, is the, the added comedian. She's so funny. Um, Oh my God. That we, you just don't ever know what's going to come out of her mouth ever. And what, if you watched my dad's face when she's speaking, you can see he's just prepared at any moment to like duck. Because you just do not know what's going to come out. It could be anything. She'll start, you know, here's what I think about racism. You go, no, no, I'm leaving. Don't, 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 don't. Oh my gosh. It's never a dull moment in your house. Absolutely not. I wish. 
my gosh. Um, okay. Let's talk about the snowflake syndrome of people and millennials. And we're technically millennials, which is weird to think. I feel so not like a millennial, but I am. Like today, you'll laugh. So obviously, um, my internet went out and I was like, oh my God, how am I supposed to get to the place I have to get to to get the modem? I don't know how to get there. How am I going to do that if my phone doesn't have internet? So I finally did get like a little bit of internet and I like got the directions and I wrote them down on a piece of paper and I put it on my dashboard where my GPS would be in my, in my car. And I was like, Oh wait, my car is getting internet (laughs) shit. But it was such an elder millennial moment where I was like, this is what we used to do back in the day. And yet we are considered map quest. I would write down quest. We would print it. Yes. I would print out the map quest. Otherwise I had no idea where I was going. No. And remember, like we never did this, but I remember my parents using the, the Thomas guide, which made no Oh, I still sense. did that. Yeah. I have oh. a Thomas guide in my car. Absolutely. I had one too, but I never knew how I was, I would try to make it work. And I was like, I'm just oh, yeah. lost and I'm lost no. in Venice. I don't know where I am. Well, this is the thing we, as a generation, I always say like, so, so, you know, you're, you're ever, I'm 34. You're like this much older than me. Right. Um, the thing is our, while being that age, 34 is not old, of course, but 34 years is a long time and 34 years in technology when you've had the Mm -hmm. greatest advances in terms of, I mean, literally we went from not having phones to carrying computers in our pockets, right? you know, having computer glasses. Like we, we really are living in, if you explain just the difference of your life from the age of 10 to now 30 something, it's like, you guys have no, I I mean, my mom had a car phone. That was a big deal. She got a car phone. Oh my God. I love that thing. It was so cool. Because of, of, of what my dad does, we've always had um, different kinds of technology coming in the house. So from a VCR to a laser disc to a DVD to a Blu-ray to all these other things we've been given through the years to use, yeah. um, you know, it's, it is mind-blowing how significant the changes are. And right. we're really the last generation who, who knows what it was like before. Mm-hmm. You know, there too, I have friends say yeah. to me, well, how did you make plans? I'm like, well, you made them and you kept them because you couldn't cancel them. Because <laughs> you couldn't find them. <laughs> couldn't cancel them. There was no way to say no. You just had to go yeah. do it. You know? So, it's, true. Oh, so I, true. My issue with this snowflake thing is that I feel that there are a lot of people who are so sensitive to everything. And I feel like they, they must not know their history because if mm-hmm. they did, they would be so appreciative of how far certain things have come. Yeah. And whether it's, you know, I always appreciate when you hear someone, uh, obviously the whole pronoun conversation, I really appreciate it when someone will say that when they'll have, you know, a teaching moment Mm -hmm. and they'll say, Oh, hi, actually I prefer this, this. And for me, it's like, I'll call you whatever the hell you want me to call you. Yeah. But it's the idea that if someone were to say the wrong thing, that you bite their head off. I go, no, no. Everything right. is learning. Everything. And that's the only way we learn is to be taught. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to me, the snowflake thing is sort of people who take for granted how far things have come and progressed. The fact that you can be whatever gender you wish. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's amazing that you can, you yeah. can tell me wh- who and what you are. And we're living in a time when a lot of people say, all right, like that's that, as I say that, that's amazing. That's a huge shift. Huge. So don't be angry that somebody doesn't immediately know how to right. address you, <clears throat> you know, say something. And, and I'm not talking about rude people. I'm just saying in general, if someone taps you on the shoulder and says, excuse me, sir. You don't turn around and say, that's not, you know, how dare you not know what to, it's like, no, 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 right. teach people in yeah. the same way as, as anything else, teach people, you know, show them kindness and respect and, and only good things come from that. Agreed. You know, the more rude you become, the less anyone is going to want to have anything to do with you. Yeah. And, and I surely want nothing to do with you if you're rude. Totally. You know, who wants to be helpful? I honestly, um, it's funny. I started doing this, uh, this tag at the end of the podcast where I said, be kind to yourself and be kind to others. And it was so random. It wasn't like plans. Yeah. The first podcast I just like that came out of my mouth and I was like, Oh yes, I like that quite a bit, but it's true. It is so simple. It is so easy and it doesn't cost you anything to just be kind and just just wait, like maybe you don't understand something and maybe just ask a question, be humble enough to say, I don't know. Yeah. Please don't bite my head off. Like you're saying, you know, just, just help me, help me help you so that we can all live in a world where we're happier, you know, we feel heard and we feel seen and appreciated. Yep. Have you ever made a bargain with your career? Like the lead does with makeup over music? I mean, yeah, as I say, sort of realizing that working with my dad and sort of that trail had to be what I did. Um, Mm -hmm. It had to be kind of had to accept that that's what I could do. Yeah. It made the most sense for us. You know, it's important for him as well. It's very important that he is kept uh, up to date and present and he needs to have the various socials. He needs to be, uh, you know, on these different shows because it, it say keeps him relevant. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was sort of saying, well, more important than anything else, even just in terms of, you know, living in the UK, which I've done separate of my husband, I've lived in the UK off and on for almost 50, almost 15 years. Wow. It's my favorite place in the world to be all over. I have friends everywhere there. They're some of my closest friends are in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, but my family needs me. And mm-hmm. so no matter what was going on over there, no matter how much I wanted to stay over there, I always had to come home. Right. And, you know, in the long run, it's your family. And that absolutely comes first for me. So absolutely. it's not always easy. Right. But it is what it right. is. Definitely. Well, you're just so awesome. And thank you for like spending all of this time talking to me. And no worries, lady. Everything. Thank you, you, lady. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. Make sure to rate the podcast and leave a review. We really rely on this to help get the podcast out there. Also, make sure to watch the video version on YouTube and follow us on Instagram at That Girl the Podcast.